Hello and welcome back to Talking Tony. I'm your host, <laughs> Anthony Sh- Shaloub. Talking Tony. And he might have an Anthony in his family. <laughs> I have. I think his name's Anthony. Honestly, where was that episode oh, one? That's Talking true. Tony, Tony is a nickname uh, Anthony, for Anthony. Anthony Marcus Shaloub. Uh, and I have a little trivia for you to start this episode. Oh my I've God. been feeling that we have been neglecting our we have been. inadvertent patron saint for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to give you a little quiz. All right. It's going to be a multiple choice. It's very simple. Do you uh, know the answers? I do. Okay. I, I've concocted this quiz. Okay. Is, is it multiple choice? It is multiple choice. Okay. Sometimes when I give a quiz like this, it's less uh, that I want to find out whether or not you know the answer and more I want to just tell you a fact. Yes, of course. So. Mm-hmm. And I am totally comfortable with looking very, very silly for not knowing trivia about Tony Shalhoub. I mm. mean, aren't we all? Yeah. Um, Tony Shalhoub in 2008 was nominated for a Grammy. In which category your options are best gospel performance slash song, (laughs) best spoken word album for children, or best jazz large ensemble album? (sighs) Okay, you know, I would actually assume that Tony Shalhoub would be a jazz man, Mm. but... um, I'm really kind of hoping it was a spoken word album for children. I can actually see him being a spoken word guy yeah. and doing it for youth. Yeah. I'm so proud of both of you. <gasps> it was a nomination for uh, Best Spoken Word Album for Children from The Cricket in Times Square. Wow. Which I don't know what that is, but I really oh, want to yeah. know about that. Tony. Yeah, he does seem like a jazz man, though, doesn't he? He does seem like a jazz man. Um, I felt like neither of those were, you know, too off base, right? No. Like, no. He could have done something jazzy. He could have done something gospel. He could have done something gospely. <laughs> you know, he seems like an artist could, who could have gone like full Aretha. Yeah, just like yeah. It was a tribute. <laughs> he did a tribute album. <laughs> it's a, it's a tribute. <laughs> oh my god, the cricket in Times Square looks adorable. It's from 1960. Oh. Anyway, my name is David, and I'm Megan, and my name is David, <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to Dress for the Podcast You Want. Sorry. And our guest today is a returning member of the Dress for the Podcast You Want community. Yes. Bam. Bessie D. Smith. Yo. Yes. Hi, Bessie. Not yo, just a yo, member, yo. but a co-host. A I co-host. Mean, soon to soon to be gone for a very long time. So I don't know. It's it's kind of been like, I feel like I'm a solid cameo, like supporting lead role. Today? I mean, today you are definitely a, a guest. Definitely a guest. Mm-hmm. Definitely yes. a guest. Um, I feel we'll, very welcome. We'll pass that baton. Yeah. Later. Oh yeah. Very I'm excited. just excited that you're back. How are you? I'm good. I'm so good. This um, is the second time we've recorded together in a while, which in is a very nice. Long time, yeah. How was it getting back in the old reins? Oh my gosh, it was thrilling. You definitely, and I feel like for anybody who has moved to New York and like has that love hate relationship that we all do, you move away or you go and you're gone for a while, like you go visit your parents or whatever. And after the first few days to like few weeks after that, you're like, wow, get me back to the city, please. (laughs) So I felt that. I feel like it's a, it's a, you know, when it's hot and people are like, oh my God, I can't wait for it to get cold. And then it gets cold and people are like, oh my God, I can't wait for it to get hot. Yes. Uh, I feel like that's New York. That is the exact emotion. You get me back to the city and you get to New York and you're like, I need a vacation. Yeah. (laughs) 
Why did I do that to myself? Because you were away. Because you're an actor. I am an actor. And you were doing? I did a few things. I did, um, well, I left in July. I was in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Lovely. And I did a Frank Sinatra review show. It was very lovely. It was mm. so beautiful there. And then Wait, I went. You weren't playing Frank Sinatra. I was not playing Frank Sinatra. Or Frank like the she was the understudy. Yeah, yeah, I was the, For Frank the uh, yeah. yeah, I was the antithesis actually of Frank Sinatra, <laughs> and young, um, young, N- and kind, kind, <laughs> <laughs> highly melanated. Yeah, <laughs> all things Frank was not, but Frank could hang. You know, like Frank, Frank could hang. He's so cool. Okay, <laughs> for his time. Who was your character? I was woman one. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. A pivotal, a pivotal point in my. I thought career. about beating a dude up to get first chair in French horn in middle school, and you were already woman one. Yeah, I'm yeah. really impressed. I know. Thank you so much. I would much. not have ever done that. Daniel no. was a better French hornist than I was. <laughs> Shout out I to forgot, Daniel. I forgot they were, were. I used to play French horn. Yeah, I about that. I used to play trumpet in middle school. Yeah, uh, and then I saw this my friend Daniel playing French horn, and I was like. <gasps> French horn, that's dope. And he was the only person doing it. And so mm. I was like, I want to do Give that me into too. that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he felt about that. If he wanted to be the lone French horn uh, or or if he enjoyed the company. He might have enjoyed the company more if I ever practiced the French horn, which yeah. I didn't. But I love French horn. I love a good French horn. I love mm. a good. Danny Who doesn't Elfman uses them uh, in a really great way. That's interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah. you. I'm gonna, I'll pull some up later. It might be in Tony Shalhoub's spoken word album oh somewhere. my god if only who knows we could have a listen and look for it yeah oh we could listen to the cricket in times square we should see there's a french horn somewhere that. yeah um so you were woman one was I woman climbed, one but you gave her a name right? so insignificant no what? no no i was just woman one <laughs> no. i enjoyed it i was like well then what's her name woman now? frank I don't know. We could call her like Mary Louise. That'll probably work. Ooh. Mary Louise. Mary Louise good. for the fifties. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mary Louise. I've been really into fake names lately, though. You could also call her uh, Turf Turfney. Turfney. Yeah. Like Tiffany and Murphy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Br- Brith. Brith. <laughs> like Brit and Griff. I mean, yeah, they're not all. I know, those, but yeah. I know, but there's just it's interesting. Like that's Alex what it sounds Mander. like. What what was it? Alexander. Alexander. Cramanda. 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 That's nice. I like Cramanda. Cramanda's nice. All right, done. So, how was playing Cramanda? It was good. You sang. Yeah. Boobity bop bop bop. Scattered. Yes. Um, it, Go I danced. Ahead. It was so fun. And then um, I went back to the farm for a little bit. And uh, had some peace and quiet. And then bada bing, bada boom, I ended up going out to something else in Illinois. And I did, uh, it was called Beehive. It was a like a 60s <laughs> pop review. Ooh. Yeah, it was super cute. Uh, that was fun. I got to sing some Aretha and some Tina. I think, didn't you post a video on your Instagram where was you warming up? I did. Yeah, I did. I, saw that one. I did. My favorite, my favorite, like my new warm up thing, my mic check thing is I go, hey, hi, you Yes, that's the yeah, one. It's fun. It's just my little thing that I've made mine. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thanks. It hits all the registers. Highly recommend to a friend. Yes. Um, so that was fun. And then I and then I'm I'm back in the city. And it's been it's been really but nice being back. Not for long. Not for long. Where are you going? I'm going. I'm moving to Bangkok, Thailand, for oh a few God. months. 
It's wild. For a few months? For a few months. Probably like six months. That's I more than a few. I anticipate myself being there for half a year. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, I feel like I feel like when you move somewhere, like if you're gonna say that you're moving somewhere, six months is a the minimum like substantial amount of time to get there, mm-hmm. get adjusted, and kind of get your bearings. And then be like, yes, I have moved. And then I'm going to move back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I came. I tried new food. Yes. I'm going back home. I'm coming back. (laughs) Um, Have you, how far away from Ohio have you ever been before? I've never left the country. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. I've traveled. To Canada? Oh, I've been to Canada. Okay. I've been to Canada. These are, I don't count these even though i love canada i've been there i've been to jamaica okay so i can't those technically you've never left the continent i've never left the continent that's correct i've never left the continent i never have needed a passport to go anywhere because it used to be that you didn't need a passport to go to canada oh and i was on a cruise for jamaica so i don't really count either this i had to get a passport for this Hmm. which was good because come on girl get your passport get your passport passport. life is calling you're going to bangkok i'm going to bangkok are you gonna go anywhere else i yes i anticipate i'm i'm traveling with a family that um i babysit for here in new york and so i'm going to help them settle in because they're moving there for like a year or two and so i'm going to help them adjust and um I anticipate us traveling like on the weekends to different countries. Oh they God. they wow. love to travel. Now, so. I don't want you to out these people. I don't know them. I want I want to know names. Do you think they are international super spies? Honestly, have I, I said would, too much? Uh, you might get us. Oh no, we're gonna we get erased. Have to that. We might have to scrub that now. <laughs> Why are they moving kidding, to Bangkok? I'm kidding. I well, they they like it when they first when the kid was first born. They moved there, um, and they lived there for. Are a year. they from there? No, no, no. The are husband is born white? and raised in New York. The other one, yes, they're both you know of Caucasianish, you know the the Russian or and they just want to go live in. They really like it. They're like. People are so nice there, and it's so beautiful. So and it's, not, also it's not for like a job or anything. No, they're, they work they remotely, just, and oh so God. but they love to travel. Yeah, it's really such an idea. Like they're super cool. Wow, I'm excited to be going with with people like that. Which, if I were to be for my first time traveling out of the country and it not being with my family, it it's comforting. And I'll say this now on the air in case I get like taken or anything. Go ahead. <laughs> Go on. I uh, it feels comforting at this point to know that the people that I'm going with are of somewhat like mind to me. You know, we've, we seem to find commonalities so far, as far as we know each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel How safe. How old is the <laughs> I feel safe. baby that you set on? <laughs> he just turned three. Oh my God. So he's you my little t- boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Have some adventures. Platonically. Have some yeah, adventures with a baby oh, in, yeah. in Bangkok. Yeah. Baby he's super in cool. Bangkok. Uh, babe, that's the, my new blog, Baby in Bangkok. Oh my God, you must. A blog with Bessie. Well, I love bees and I love alliteration. Write a blog while you're in Bangkok from the baby's perspective. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please. Like you can still use a normal adult voice, but right. just like uh, while strolling through the park today, yes. I pooped myself. And I had a moment in which I considered not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. I've done this before. I remember many occasions upon which I 
duty to myself. Yes, soiled <laughs> oneself. And mm-hmm. for a moment... And it goes so far as to put quotes around the word duty. Right, right, right. <laughs> of course. He's that eloquent. So eloquent, yes. <laughs> I'm just... That's what people say to me. So yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm learning. Goo 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 ga. Goo 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 ga. Great. I love it. And uh, and is it... Where's the where's the fear? In, in this big... Uh, it's a big change in this big change yeah oh gosh let me just list all of them i honestly i mean there's are you you i have several of course i'm i'm really such a or i think that there's definitely a huge part of me that is just such a spineless being oh come on of course but there's i mean there is a part of all of us that like definitely is like that feels like that this feels like this feels really big it feels like you're gonna this is different yeah it's different and 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 for the past i think for the past two years i've been through other uh just life changes and experiences you know for example moving to new york almost Mm -hmm. a year ago i um i think i've been conditioning myself to put myself in uncomfortable situations Mm. like and and just enjoying and kind of relishing in being uncomfortable and being a little scared and you know not knowing what's going to happen next because i think that that's a great i think that that is a great feeding ground for success or for something amazing to happen sure mm-hmm. because you already if you're already familiar with everything around you you know there's really not much you can learn so you have to go oh, out sure. yeah. yeah i'm really interested in that and i want to pivot it for a sec to you pivot, pivot um and if if you're not feeling well enough to to work on this then that's fine we can mm-hmm. cut it um, change there's this there's that graph and I don't remember what it's called or anything or like a chart I guess it's not a graph I guess it's just words on a page um, that rate like uh, trauma points right because uh-huh. any change in your life uh, like has a certain allotment of trauma associated with it whether yeah. it's good or bad um, and I feel like for you specifically Megan I've seen you in the years that I've known you change for you is hard mm-hmm. if it's okay for me to say that sure like Good change, bad change. Yeah, it's all scary. It's yeah. all the same thing. Yeah. 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 Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what does it feel like? So, like, when I I came home recently and was like, I might be getting this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seemed like that was very traumatic for you, even though it was a good thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, with that specifically, what I was worried about was that you wouldn't be able to sort of hand off what you're already doing for the sake of that new job. Okay. So, I didn't want you having an IV in your arm 24-7 because you're doing, oh, not five jobs now. You Now you have six, and the sixth one is a big job. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So that was that was some negative things out of a positive thing. Yeah. What about when we got engaged? Why did you cry so much? Have we talked about this? Megan <laughs> no. wept when we got engaged, oh. which, which of course I expected her to. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was like, open mouth animal noises. <laughs> like there was no English happening for at least like a minute and a half. That's yeah. so great. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think? I, d- I, I don't know. I huh. want, I mean, uh, I honestly can't answer that question. I don't know. Cool. I don't know. I mean, like the, well, the second, the second, there were, there were two very big vocal reactions and they were both the same. It was just like one and then it was the next. Yeah. Sure. It was first the question and then the fact that he was like, can I tell you something? Because I clearly didn't notice it. I was too much of a mess. Was, And he said, that's that's your mom's ring. I said that uh, was your mom's ring. That was your mom's ring. Because that's your ring now, girl. It is. It is my ring. And I have to get it resized, which is why I'm not wearing yeah. it. But yeah. 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 Um, 
I knew that I wanted to tell you that then because because I knew it would make you cry again. And I figured we should just get all the cry out at once instead <laughs> of having another crying episode later. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know my my tendency to to just cry at anything. Yeah. A- anything that that says change. You just feel it. You I do feel it, feel yeah. it hard. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Are you, are you, would you say that you are someone who uh, feels things very strongly? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel the exact same way. I mm-hmm. think I, I feel emotions very, very strongly. And so, but I think I noticed this very early on in myself as a tendency. And so, uh, a coping mechanism or a, like an ops, like a way to defend that is if I feel super, super overwhelmed, sometimes I'll just like shut down sure. all these other emotions right. and like block yeah. them off and like getting, getting really like intimate within my emotions up until probably like maybe three or four years ago, it was no, bury it, bury it, bury it. I feel like, like hmm. that's the more quote unquote normal route, right? Most yeah. people go like, nope, not gonna feel it, gonna shut yeah. it off. Whereas Megan, let's call it myself, let's call it the habitual route. Sure. Yeah. The yeah. the yeah, I mean, I don't mean normal like it's good. I just mean normal like sure. more usual, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Megan and to a lesser extent myself go. Ah, feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. And, and that's not to say that I don't do a fair amount of like. You know, stuffing sure, and shoving down. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, for some reason, I guess maybe I, I'm i not as good at that. So when I do that, but see, little I, bits of it still will yeah, come out. Of course. <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't want to phrase it that way either to normalize the other. Like, I don't think it's that you do a bad job. I think it's just you don't, right? You just, like, you don't filter it. And I think that's a great thing. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think for, for health reasons, especially within the last year or two, I've had to really get accustomed to be like, well, mm. this feels like shit or this scares the shit out of me. So yeah. let's let's be in that shit storm for right. a bit. Because yeah. it's not going to change. It's not going to go away. Yeah. So we're just like, all right, well, yeah. let's strap down, carb up and just hope for the best. Hope that we that yeah. rally on through. And I, I think part of that is it's, it's not as much, or at least for me, it's not as much a fear of having emotions, but having to Uh, explain or communicate them Mm -hmm. because I feel like especially with initial shock there's so many things where my initial reaction is ah what does this mean like how Mm -hmm. how is this going to affect me like what 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 does this emotion or what is this thing what does this new change mean for me how am I going to you know immediately I want to plan and plan and like and figure out how to get through it sure when I feel like one of the first things and I've I've this is something that I've learned over the f- past few years is after uh, or like, you know, at the time of a, a big change, the first thing is to just like take a moment and be like, all right, this is happening. Mm. This is happening. And whatever happens, you know, you're going to get through it. I wonder if that's a maturity thing, because when I and I wonder if those these are the three stages I'm about to postulate, because I feel like when I'm confronted with a big new change, more often than not, I'm like, oh, cool change right yeah. new thing oh i wonder what this will do right in a way that like even when i'm old enough that i should know what's going to happen or should be able to expect it sometimes i just don't so it'll be like that's true <laughs> yeah right it'll be like here's this thing that an you know a whatever quote-unquote adult will be like no oh, fuck that's gonna be bad i'll be like oh i wonder if that'll be bad yeah um and so you go from like oh look change to like uh, oh change right and then to like all right change yeah i feel like that's sort of the maturity spectrum for sure um 
I would say that I'm losing at. Great. Thanks. No, thanks no, everyone. not at all. I think that's, I definitely think that there are steps towards, what would you say? Like accepting change, like just embracing change or preparing oneself for the unexpected, you know, preparing for anything mm. and just being able to, there's a, there's a fluidity to it. There, yeah. I think of just being able to like flow with what life brings you. Mm. It's weird. I'm going to I'm going to lighten the mood. Please pivot pivot. It's some more Tony talk. Tony talk. <laughs> no, it was talking Tony. It, talking Tony is oh what you said God, at the beginning of the podcast. Know. I'm just trying to, you know, for like consistency purposes. Yeah. Can you <laughs> continue and see? I can't see. I can't, can't read it. it. All right. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to <laughs> list Tony Shalhoub's top or first three roles in films. Okay. The the characters that he played in his first three films uh and i want you to put them in order oh okay okay, okay. so don't look if they're not look. spy if spy kids isn't in there i don't know what's got <laughs> when do you think spy kids came out the first one 2001 it did in 2001 yes oh my god his Whoa. first film was in 1986 <laughs> okay so that, yeah okay. okay all right here are the three put them in the right order oh my god taxi cab driver paul's doctor Airplane passenger. Oh wait, you're not gonna tell us what they're from. You wanna know the movies? Yeah. No, because I don't know if that'll movie. help. I really don't think it'll help. I'm not a cinema. I'll tell you later. Okay. Taxi cab driver. Taxi cab driver. Paul's doctor. Airplane passenger. And we gotta put them in order. Yeah, put them in order. Okay. I think either taxi cab or airplane would come first. Yeah. Those seem like extra with a line. Yeah. <laughs> like intro like into a real solid after, under five. Like you, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll play some theme music for you. Talking Tony and oh, Tony talk. We're talking. Maybe about taxi driver first. Tony okay, Shalhoub. taxi driver first. Talking and Tony then airplane and dude, and, and then doctor. Doctor, get yeah. you in a Tony mood. All right, oh, yeah, nice. what's your guess? All right, so we thought uh, taxi driver first, and then airplane passenger, and then doctor. You were completely wrong. Hooray! Oh, <laughs> Which is good because you were so right earlier. We look silly. No, in, in 1986, he played an airplane passenger in Heartburn. In 1989, he played Paul's doctor in Longtime Companion. Uh, mm. And in 1990, a uh, taxi cab driver in Quick Change. Oh, Quick Change. I've heard of that one, I think. And then Barton Fink. He didn't oh. play Barton Fink. He played Ben Geyser, but... Or Gazier. Nope. <laughs> Gazier. Nope. And... Barton Fink? None of the you don't know sounds Barton Fink? from your mouth. Oh, familiar. Barton Fink is a famous me. one. That that's one that you should know, even though I couldn't think of it earlier. It's this one. It's a fucking John Coen Carol. Brothers movie. Nope. Well, cancel and the no, and and shame on me, honestly. No, no, no. That's not what you're supposed to do. No, right? shame on me. No, I'm shame excited that you get to watch Barton Fink for the first time. Yeah, I'll get around to it. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of movies. There's so that's many what, movies. I think we should just stop making movies for just like. Maybe like five years. Maybe. I, I was going to say five or ten years. Yeah, right? maybe five or ten years just so everybody can catch up. And then we can like put those old ones like quote unquote in the vault or whatever. I mean, they don't need to be You mean like, the bad ones? Maybe. Do, do you mean the bad ones? I do kind of mean the, the bad, bad ones. The bad ones can go in a vault. Like let's just all figure out what should be down for posterity and what <laughs> needs to go in the shoot. If there are movies that are problematic, they can be remade. Yeah. If the story is worth telling. Okay. If the story is what makes them uh significant, I'm sure nine times out of ten the story could be retold, right? 
Gone with the Wind, kind of hard to read. Ooh, it's without. hard. That's a hard one. To that's a hard one. Yeah. So maybe Gone with the that Wind. That one will stay in court for all five years. Maybe it just <laughs> becomes a study piece mm-hmm. instead of a watch piece. Yeah. You don't watch Gone with the Wind. We don't you watch can it. learn about Gone with the Wind that's in like true. film class yeah. and in wrong class. Yeah. But maybe we don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Cause that's a good. Because uh, <laughs> the people who made Gone with the Wind don't need our money anymore. No. They're dead. Yeah, most of them, I think. <laughs> I, th- I imagine so. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if it's, right, if it's a, you know, do you think we could? I bet we could. I'm sure we could. I know we could because I love, I love Br'er Rabbit. I love those oh, stories. Yeah. And I know that that's problematic, the, yeah. the way that it's told. Yeah. But I do love those stories. Sure. And, and, but, but they're the same stories that are told in different ways. Yeah. Right? So there is that there is that that argument of uh, um, and this uh, this was an argument that came up when I was studying like creating like black theater in college. Right. That do you do you try and fix these past stories that are uh, offensive and, you know, politically incorrect and have been and have been uh, teaching people wrong for years and years and years? Or do you create new theater and uh, or new art that informs in a politically correct manner and, hmm. you know, and so both? that we can move on? You could do both. Yeah. You could totally do both. You could definitely do both. Give a franchise like Br'er Rabbit to black artists. Yeah. And have them tell those stories. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. I also haven't thought about Br'er Rabbit in, I don't know, when's the last time I went to Disney World? When I was 16. So, Ow. I stubbed my knee. You did yeah, a good what did job. you study? You studied African dis, dis, no, dis, no, dis, no, no. You didn't study that. <laughs> I did. Like I took like a couple of classes, but you're right. You're What's actually that phrase? right. I de- oh, Africa, uh, Afro diasporic music. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You were on the right. Diasporic you're on the cusp of it. Was just a word that I'd never heard before I met it you. It was my favorite word in college. Once I learned it, I said, "Ooh." Di- and it comes from like diaspora, Ugh. which is basically it, like a canon of, you know, uh, uh, artifacts or information or. And it's about, right, like it's about where African culture went when it left Africa, right? Where, yeah, like where it was rooted and then where it was, you I think know. That's so cool. It's really interesting. And basically, what it tells you at the end of the day is that, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we know this, but like lots of things came from yeah, Africa. Like yeah. lots of ideals came from Africa. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's always kind of been like, like the whole like hip hop is becoming commercial like hip hop is becoming like mainstream like that's kind of representational of African diasporic or like Afro diasporic music and culture across the board since the beginning of time I think the cool thing about hip hop is the way that it came it it happened with the whole I just learned about the blackout and yes yes uh, was it in 77 yeah Yeah. oh with um, son of Sam running around uh, oh, that was at the same time. Yes, but yeah. When yeah. that blackout happened, in because the of a lot of the the looting, a lot of sound equipment was stolen. Yeah. And because that sound equipment was stolen, it was made available to people who wouldn't have been able to afford it. Yeah. Who were able to make this amazing. And DJ started popping up everywhere. I love it. Isn't that so interesting? interesting. Oh. Like an entire musical genre, basically. I mean, it was not originated from that one instance, but like but stemmed absolutely. and became popular from that that one it instance was, it was necessary it was, i mean what's the mainstreamed is the wrong word but it's it was it was made available by, yeah right? it yeah like, 
it, it's it was made so accessible cool. to the, the masses. Creating it was made accessible to yeah. the masses. See, that's the kind of thing that uh, I would love for the students that I teach at Developing Artists to know yeah. more yeah. about that exact kind of stuff. Yeah. Like well, where, where they come from as, as artists. For sure. And so they get, they get a good amount of theater history from us yeah. off the cuff. But if we have more of that in what we talk about music that. that they're interested in listening mm-hmm. to that what well, and it's really hip like the history of hip-hop has really only been um kind of cataloged and archived and uh, recorded in the past couple of years i mean it's a fairly new music genre mm-hmm. um and so it's started to people have started to like collect these stories and collect these eyewitness you know examples and have started creating like curriculum and 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 books and and lots of like uh materials available for people to learn and it's really really cool to see there's like a bunch of i mean in the past two years a bunch of documentaries have popped up on netflix about like the history of hip-hop and stuff like that so it's super cool nice interesting. i don't even i'm not even like a huge hip-hop person i mean i love i i love lots of forms of music because as an artist you kind of try to sure study as much as possible so i definitely have a high regard for it i respect it so much um but just the the history of something always makes me more like "Mm, tell me more Mm -hmm. yeah Um, the history makes me love america and hate america at the same time yeah i'm realizing now i didn't ask you a very important question Oh my God! Do <laughs> oh do, my God! Do tell. Go on. Are you a successful person? <laughs> we got. We only got half an hour sidetracked. <laughs> we started off with a bang. Ah, uh, this. You know, I've had so a. You you've been here from the beginning. You've been, been for, yes from you, the first you, episode. With this podcast would not have happened without you. Thank you. You've heard what other people think about success. You've heard what I think about success. You've talked about what you think about success. Do you think you're a successful person? I do. In the way that I define success, I think that I am a very successful person. Which is what? Um, I think that success is the product of effort and uh, and showing up. You know, they say that showing up is so much of the battle. And I believe that's true. Um, you know, people, the people who show up for their career and for their life and you know for their their network of people and supporters i think those are the people that find the most uh success regularly and then just just effort like continuously putting yourself out there and putting your work out there and that's what you've done i think so i think so i mean i'm very uh tired and uh, <laughs> uh, stressed and uncomfortable uh, all the time and at the same time I've n- I feel like I've never stopped moving yeah you know I've just been wh- and I sometimes it feels like I'm like on a hamster wheel like I'm just running for no direction like I don't really have a, a, an end goal like you know most careers you you start in an internship or an entry level position and you work your way up, it's very clear. You can see other people um, climbing the exact same ladder as you and you can kind of track yourself. You can track your success in that one vein and that one career or that one industry. And I feel like I've never stopped moving in the past two years. I feel like I've been running in all sorts of different directions and kind of like it's, it's instead of a spider web, it's like, or instead of a a ladder, you know, it's more like a spider web and that Mm -hmm. I've kind of been expanding and reaching and, 
um, and building a network of really awesome artists and really great hustlers like yourselves. How does going to Bangkok play into that? Yeah, well, uh, will that affect your pacing or how you look at your web and stuff? Or? Yeah, I thought a lot about that because um, some of the reactions that I've been getting, uh, especially from like, you know, like good industry friends is, um, don't you feel like, aren't you scared that this is going to stop all of the, momentum. the, yeah, the momentum that you've gained in New York this past year. And I think that's one of my, that was one of my fears really from the get go. And one of the reasons I originally said no was because I have been doing really well for myself, for someone who came to New York and had very little contacts, you know, or very few contacts. Um, it didn't come from a huge, like a, a, school with a very big reputation within the city you know with no agent and you know just kind of freelancing and hustling myself trying to make it happen um that is something that is is a big fear is that like if you leave yeah uh, that you know that that you're gonna lose a lot and i uh i i i've decided that i am not going to let this excursion um I I honestly can't decide how much that's bullshit. Yeah, like Like leaving. Well, yeah, or anything, right? I had professors when I was growing up who would say, who when I was looking at colleges, and I was looking at either going to schools in New York or Pittsburgh, or going to a school in England uh, or Scotland. Yeah, and professors saying, you know, if you go to school in New York, you'll have been in New York for four years, you'll have made connections, and you'll be able to continue on with those. Sure. If you go to school in Scotland, you'll have made connections in Scotland and then you'll go to New York and no one will know you and none of your contacts in Scotland. But I think that mindset might just be a pre-internet thing. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. I really do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I I still, I, I have people I know in LA now, professional people that I know in LA that I still contact and that oh, still yeah. contact me. Like, yeah, it's not sure. like we can't contact each other. Yeah. And uh, the really the technology age has kind of exactly debunked that myth, I think, in that you, there's no if you're living somewhere you can't access another place that that, that doesn't I don't think that's real anymore, you know? So in in that way it, it is about that hustle, right? Like yeah. you can go to the other side of the world, that's fine. If you want to do certain things, you have to do certain things while you're doing that. Right? Yes, like yes. You can't. I think. I think it's hard to, or maybe it's not. Right. I, it, maybe it would be hard to like completely disappear for six months and sure. be like, I'm out for six months and then come back. Or yeah. it might not. It might just be like, oh, oh cool. Now you're back. Right. Like right. people are so uh, immediate, especially in New York. Anyway, right. Like, yeah. People are so sort of reactive. Um, fuck yeah. It. And I, if you know, and if you've been going, going, going for the past year or two since you've been here, which right. in itself is a culture shock. Yeah. Um, and when you go, if you're looking for an opportunity to, you know what, I might actually just kick back and take a break. That yeah. in itself, taking a break and knowing when to rest and doing it for as long as you need to is a part of the creative process. Definitely, definitely. You know what I mean? You, yeah. can't, you can't be a creator without having those times of rest. Right, and I, I completely agree with that. And I think that, I think that being distant from, the, I mean, New York is a mecca of just constant bustling. Like you were yeah. always hustling when you're in New York. And for being outside of the city for these past like two or three months, I've felt time slow down. And mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've, I mean, there's contract time, of course, when you're on a job where it's non-existent. A month feels like a year. But it also has, it was like time stretched out in that there was, 
there was more of an ability to to get things done and, and look at different things rather than concentrating on just trying to survive, you know, yeah, or succeed. Exactly. And so I think that I think that being, you know, on the other side of the world will give me kind of that breath. But I also I mean, I don't plan on stopping. I've already made several uh, efforts and, and several pushes and connections in, in Bangkok. So I'm really excited for. Oh, no. <laughs> Disaster. Everybody's fine, but the mic just no. fell. That's hilarious. Everything's fine. I can't imagine what that sounded like. I can. I heard it. It sounded great. Oh, I'm sure it sounded so good. <laughs> Things happen. It was just. <laughs> The props just, they malfunction, you know. Sorry, everybody. I'm going to segue anyway. Yeah. Oh, I do want to say, I do want to say one thing. I do want to. Don't. I'm a a special honorary guest. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a guest. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So I I said that I've been uh, hustling for these past two years, um, kind of nonstop. And it all, I think, stemmed from this the last like huge shift in mentality it was in 2016 which is when all of this kind of started to manifest itself in that I just finished my first big professional contract and I went back to live with my brother um, in our college town and for I knowing that I was going to go back to this professional contract for another summer season and so I spent six months um, during like the winter and spring sleeping on my brother's couch and like just trying to n- not trying to really do much but just like trying to survive and like stay in a some sort of like mental like stability enough so that I could get back to this contract sure um and it was it was a really crazy time like emotionally and mentally I felt very depressed I felt you know just trying to figure out if this was what was going to be like for, you know, for a large part of my career, if I was going to be, when I was not booked and blessed, was I going to be sad and depressed and feeling like, you know, it wasn't worth it. Right. Sad and depressed. You're so right. You're so right. We need, it's a double hashtag. We need to make that popular (laughs) because they both, that, you know, with the highs of being booked and blessed come the lows of just like the waiting or, you know, or, or, or working in the next big thing. And I realized during this, this low point for me, Um, I was looking at on social media at like, you know, all of my friends and like these these people that I just worked with who had just recently moved to New York and, you know, were getting booked or they were just living here. And I kept thinking to myself that like I could be here in Bowling Green, miserable and broke and like sad and lonely, or I could be miserable and sad and broke and lonely in New York City but I would be in New York City, you know? <laughs> and New York City is just like, there's so, it's it's just a Mecca. It's a Mecca of so many things. There's more opportunity here, at least for myself as a professional artist. Sure. And so from that moment, I was like, all right, well, you know, you can't come back to this. Like you, you can't return back to this state of mind because you've already decided that this is not the type of uncomfortable, like this is not the way that you want to be uncomfortable. You yeah. want sure. to do it in a place where there is... Uh, more possibility for for the climb sure. and so that was the that winter of that year is when i moved here that was a year ago so instead Almost. you're mm. gonna go be paid and i'm gonna go do it in bangkok, in bangkok yeah and that's a, a yeah and, and it it's a little it's a little scarier because i don't have as much of a network there but i've done it with a network and so now i'm just gonna try it without and, and, you don't and when speak, you do it i don't speak thai i, I know cheers 
And that's Sean. Sean. C H O N. Sean. Sean. Yeah. Um, and when you're done, New York will still be here. It won't have changed that much yes. in six months. New it will York still will be here. Always really will not be here. New right. York is it will a, is be it a fast moving city? Yes. But yes. Come on, New York. No, and I the don't. people that Get I've networked with are going to be here. They're, you know, yes. they're still going to be hustling and we're just going to, I'll get I got back a goal. We got to keep the podcast alive for six months. Okay. Yeah. I can't guarantee we won't have Tony Shalhoub in that six months. I would oh, love for you to be gosh. here when that happens. No, if you do, I would. I will send my best but from Bangkok. Truly, I, I can either give you um, options for this Tony trivia, yes, or you can just guess. But <sighs> Tony Shalhoub is a big fan of an NFL team and has season tickets to that team's games. Do you know which team it is? Will you tell us the sport? What's sports ball? NFL is... Oh, and you said NFL. Football. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> NFL. Okay. He's a big He's a big fan of this team. Mm. Go ahead. Name a team. Any team. Mm. Well, is he a New Yorker? Yeah. He is not. Well, no? he's not not, but it's uh, from the same state where he went to school. Uh, check that. Oh, yeah. No, he's not a New Yorker. Okay. Okay. But if I tell you where he's from, it'll tell you. The team. Maybe. Maybe that'll be a fun East game. Coast or West Coast? Midwest. Midwest. Yeah. Which sort of limits it, right? Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Chicago. No. Like that's no. Okay. Not Chicago. I don't. I don't. The Midwest. I don't. A lot of our friends are going to really love this, Megan. Because it's the Green Bay. Oh, the Packers. Go Pack. Oh. Pack it in. He's Packers fan. Packers fan. I don't know what their phrase is. Maybe it's go pack. Maybe it's pack it. Pack it in. <laughs> Maybe it's pack it up, pack it in. Pack it up, pack it in. If pack that's not the Green up, Bay, oh my god. If that's not the Green Bay Packers slogan, it should be. Yeah. What is it? We have friends who are Packers fans. What do they say all the time? I think it's just go pack. Go pack go. Go pack go. Go pack go. Because I always think they're talking yeah. to someone named Pat. <laughs> yeah, like, go it's true. Pat, go. And I'm like, who's Pat? Pat? Who is that? Which position is he? <laughs> Which position <laughs> is he? Which Pat position is he? <laughs> oh my god. If I were man, the Packers should really like they should get all branding, right? Like, what position do you play? Like, <laughs> what position do you play? <laughs> they should have a quarter pack quarter instead pack. of a quarter pack. A six pack. A, a six, six pack. pack. Yeah, a Green Bay six pack. Oh, my God. A Green Bay six pack is dirty. A Green That's, Bay. You don't want to have one of those. That sound pretty dirty. Um, Locker room talk. We're pretty much out of pack time. <laughs> do, you, do you? What was your biggest pack cess this week? My biggest pack says. <laughs> this episode now brought to you by the pack. <laughs> um, my biggest, my biggest success this week was I finished telling um everybody like all of the people people super super close to me about going mm. away oh, to Bangkok. Oh, had you been holding off on that? I did, I did. I haven't posted any status. Well, I mean, by the time that this is this airs i will have like i will be gone and i will have posted um oh, but i didn't want to post anything there were just like a handful of people that i have been very close and near and dear to my heart this past year who have like seen me through everything and supported me through everything and i preferred like telling them in person or like over the phone or like t telling them first yeah. and so i was in boston this past weekend and i was able to like tell the last few people so it was really great so that was my biggest accomplishment my heart feels so 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 full well now when you're in uh bangkok when this goes out you can share it there we can yeah. you know f like get some of that algorithm going on very exciting get stuff. a bangkok uh, audience and uh grow the platform hell yeah i'm so uh yeah and so this is the pretty official unofficial announcement that um megan is going to take over officially for bessie 
Megan's going to be my co-host on the show. Hey, guys. How you feel about that? Uh, pretty good about it. Well, I was asking them, but I'm glad to know how you feel. Well, you were looking at me in the eyes and asking you were, how you, you feel were. about Beautiful it. Beautiful eyes. Thanks. I can't help it. Um, I'm so excited for you, Megan. <laughs> I'm actually more excited about it. I just feel like shit right now, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. Do you have any advice for <laughs> Megan? I guess that's that's what I want to know. I don't, I feel like I can't tell you anything that you would not be able to tell me first. You could tell me anytime from our relationship. I gestured at either of them. In I hours. feel like no. I feel like this is no. I'm excited for for what y'all produce episode. Well, and, and if anything comes yeah. up, you could tell me anytime. Uh, oh my god! Thank <laughs> like you. Like you need to stop doing that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Oh well, I guess that. Well, I should say that I'm. While this is ending, plug it. Yes, I'm also starting my own podcast. Yes. Oh my god! Um, it's called Be Real. Um, and it's about uh, be real. Be real, spelled B hyphen R E A L. Okay. Um, but pronounced, you know, Be Real because it's like the backstage of the business. So I'm talking to professional peers and um, just networking friends about like the hustle behind the hustle mm-hmm. and talking about the highs and lows of becoming or you know working on a being a self-made professional artist um and just things that you wish you would have known 10 years ago or when you were in college that you think would have greatly informed what you are doing now love it yeah so listen to be real yeah available on all podcast dispensaries it's <laughs> it's only on it's a one on one right now it's going to be on messy.fm so messy.fm slash bessie be real dope yes Thanks. we'll link to it in the description Thanks. blessings um and um my name is tony shaloub and i officially endorse this podcast you probably shouldn't do that i'm doing it <laughs> probably shouldn't do that don't I tell tony shaloub what to do <laughs> <laughs> Which is now the title of this episode. Don't tell him what to do. (laughs) All right. Bye. Idiots.